Hey guys, what's up? My name is Jonathan Cunningham. And my name is Kwaku Arkafo. And uh, Mike Litz. And we, <laughs> and we have Mike Litz with us today, which I'm super excited about. I, kind of the same way that I did Kwaku um, a couple weeks ago, I feel like I just kind of did to you. Was like, how do I know when we're live? Well, yep, right now. <laughs> okay, here we go. But like, yeah, um, we actually are live, but we are definitely excited to have Mike with us, myself and Kwaku as well. So yes. this is going to be something that's definitely um, entertaining and hopefully be a blessing. You guys can get to know a lot about FC as well yeah so thank you my, <laughs> i was like oh, okay. his turn no, no, no. so do you do you make him nervous is is that what's going on quite cool yeah, like, like you get her- <laughs> you just just sit next to this guy who's just like amazing uh, here we you go. know it's, it's awesome first i'm gonna just edify him a little bit first of all i didn't know you played football in mizzou you just kind of threw that in there that's something that i would have it would have been nice to you know share with me so that I could know we could talk about this, and, you know, go out to lunch and talk about how you played at Mizzou. That could have been awesome, but you know, I'm not, I'm not getting hurt about that. But this is Mike Litz, ladies and gentlemen. Um, this guy is doing amazing work um, at Southeast Missouri State campus, and um, we just—he was somebody that I was just thinking about because um, we're, we're we're just talking about earth shakers and having somebody who is doing something great um, for the Lord. And he just came straight to my mind. I was like, Mike Litz. And like literally 0.4 seconds. Yeah. Immediately. As soon as Jonathan was like, man, okay, let's let's try to uh, have some guys on. I was just like, Mike is the perfect guy. Yeah. Um, so I'm happy that he's here with us today. Um, he has huddle tonight, but he he's here with us, and I'm very excited uh, for that. But Mike, just tell us a little bit about yourself other than that you play football in Mizzou. Okay. Well, <laughs> <laughs> we got that. We, we snuck that out. Uh, so I'm a Jackson guy. I've, um, I grew up in Jackson, thought that I would, uh, uh, after high school, sports was my thing, play basketball, football, baseball, um, and, it, and it's always been my love. And so anyway, grew up in, in Jackson, and, um, and when I graduated high school, decided to go to the University of Missouri and walk on the football team. And thought I would never come back to Jackson. Four years later, I came back to Jackson. I've been there ever since. Owned my own business uh, with my brother and my dad for 25 years. Bent Creek mm-hmm. Golf Course. Uh, really great time of our lives. And uh, and then got in ministry uh, mm-hmm. with um, Lacroix Church in 2011, and uh, got called into full time ministry. And then and then just a couple years ago, um, moved into the world of Fellowship of Christian Athletes mm-hmm. or FCA, as you know it. So how was that transition going from, and I know this isn't on our question list, but I have a question for you. Um, as far as going from business mm. to ministry, was there anyone who questioned your your choice? Well, actually, it's interesting because I got to know the people at LaCroix. The reason I got the reason I got the job offer at LaCroix Church at the time was because of my business background. Wow, okay. And they were looking for an executive uh, director, somebody that could actually um, come on and be the business manager is a better word for it. So uh, because they knew a little bit about me, I, I was doing ministry with these guys down at the prison. Um, they asked me if that would be something I would consider, prayed long and hard about that, had some many, many conversations, eventually did go to work there. It was a great blessing for me, met uh, some of my best friends there, and, of course, continued to worship there. So the transition was was definitely different and interesting. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Well, I mean, that, that's awesome because I, I come from – 
I mean, I don't own a golf course or anything like that, but I come <laughs> from like a sales professional background. And then whenever I felt like that I was really being called into ministry, um, well, one, my, my perception changed. Actually, tomorrow is uh, four years since I rededicated my life, February mm. 8th of 2014. Mm. So it, it was awesome. really a big uh, like philosophical change going from where I was to where I'm at now. So I'm always curious whenever I see other people um, who went from the business world to ministry because that's where I feel like that I'm called full time. You know, because it's like I, I've had people tell me like, Bro, you're nuts. Uh, you know, like what, like what in the world are you doing? Like e- even with this sometimes, you know, and I'm just like, well, I'm just walking where I feel like that, um, you know, God is calling me to do. So whenever I see other people in that same position, like to me, that's what inspires, like, mm-hmm. you know, seeing other people that said, Hey, I, I was in this position and now I'm somewhere else. Um, but it was just basically moved by faith, you know, by God. And so that was the reason why that I was really excited to have you on here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in general, because that's really <laughs> what the and we'll, we'll get into the segment a little bit later but that's really what the earth shakers to me like resembles and embodies is it's mm-hmm. people who are bringing the kingdom um of heaven to earth and they're and they're just like you know what this was comfortable this was where i was but now i feel like god's calling me here so i'm gonna do it so i mean i just want you to know like even though i haven't really talked to you before like just the story itself you know is is honestly like really inspirational mm-hmm. Well, thank you for that. I mean, I was actually bivocational for a while. I had three jobs uh, when I went wow. to work in Lacroix. Uh, we had our own business, which was a, which was a, uh, as you guys probably know, a very big operation at Bent Creek. Yeah. And then, and then went to work for for Lacroix, which was really part time work at first, and uh, and was also refereeing basketball, yeah. NCAA basketball <laughs> at the same time. The so man, yeah. I went through a I season where I had three jobs, and uh, knew so you know what it works like. I know a little bit about work. <laughs> Just a little bit. Uh, I was taught how to work by my father who passed away last summer. And um, and so Man, work ethic was never a problem for anybody in our family. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it felt right. But by the same token, uh, I knew something had to give. That's when I eventually gave up my uh, basketball career and just took on two jobs for a season and eventually just one. So, oh, no, you only had two jobs. Like, yeah. did that feel like a vacation almost, or was yeah. it? <laughs> well, well, I got my nights back and my, and my Saturdays back, because in, in NCAA basketball, I mean, from really the mid-November until the middle of March, uh, you're gone every Saturday. Yeah. So it was nice to, to get that back, spend a lot more time with my teenage son on the weekends uh, doing things that, that I couldn't do as a basketball official. So it was the right move. Uh, it was very obvious that that was the right decision for me at that time. Yeah, well, that, that, that's awesome. And, again, just seeing people move on their faith to me is because a, a lot of times, um, you know, you hear about it. Like, oh, this is what you should do. You know, when, when, whenever you hear uh, the Holy Spirit move in your life uh, or start to, you know, coerce you in a certain way or direct you in a certain way, you know, people are like, oh, you should take that step. And then you look at their life. And it's like, but everything that, that you've done, I can see is just kind of like not really going outside of anything other than where your uh, initial trajectory was. Mm-hmm. So whenever I see other people that say, hey, you know what? This is possible. You can do it. Oh, yeah, by the way, I actually did it. Mm-hmm. You know, to, to me is, is actually something that, you know, people in the church really need to see. Yeah. You know, I mean, because you can say all you want, but if, if you're not acting on it, you're not moving on it, it doesn't, you know, carry much weight as far as that's concerned. Yeah. And as as far as um, FCA goes to me personally, which stands for Fellowship of Christian Athletes, um, it really impacted my life. 
Um, because just think about being an athlete on campus. You usually the man on campus, especially if you play football or basketball. Those are pretty much like the main sports that um, players are, you know, looked up to or popular. But um, after, especially after winning a championship, a lot of people, you know, OVC championship, a lot of people, oh, I mean, these guys are the man. But FCA really helped me spiritually because after I gave my life to Christ, I was still kind of, you know, trying to figure out what my life should be. And it was that aspect where we come together as athletes, right? So it's not just so much, you know, nothing to knock on the regular students and traditional students the and stuff like that. The regular people, is that uh, what you're you know, saying? I'm not trying to say that, but <laughs> when you wake up at 5 or 6 a.m. and you have guys that are grinding with you, you know, going through those workouts, um, it's just a different just a different breed, you know, that you have to, that mindset that you have to have. So when you're able to connect with other athletes around the campus that are going through the same thing, but want to follow Christ mm. at the same time. It's just like, man, that's impactful in my life. And that's something that just really God started working in my life. And it was just like, okay, these are the guys that you wanted to start being around. And now they're kind of like my lifelong friends, you know, some, some people that I've met now we get to challenge each other spiritually. So it's not just so much a college thing, but now, you know, we're taking on to life and we're just like, okay, how can I be a better husband in Christ? You know, how can I be a better father in Christ? And, you know, those things haven't come up yet, but those those are things that is, I think that we need as far as, like, that accountability partner that you get to have early in college, which it's a lot of temptation there, you know. So it was great to, to be able to have that um, through college. And I'm not saying I was perfect or anything like that, but it was great to have that because then it was just like, all right, these are athletes that are struggling with the same thing you're struggling with. Right. And this is how we're going to follow Christ in that. So. Yeah, I mean, I mean, our vision, the FCA has been around for 64 years. This is no small organization, and you know that. You've been to camps, Kwaku, and um, the vision of FCA is to see the world impacted for Jesus Christ through the influence of, of athletes and coaches. Mm -hmm. And we know you didn't have to look very long after the end of the Super Bowl to see the <laughs> platform in which um, Christian athletes have in the world. And just Nick Foles, the head coach, and then uh, – the the tight end um, immediately when they when they put a camera in front of them they gave all praise honor yeah. and glory to Jesus Christ their Lord and Savior and and just the the, the and and just think about how many people were were locked in because and it's sport and mm -hmm. sport is uh, sport is very popular it's, it's a, a, we believe it's a gift from God and it's a platform that He has given us and you're absolutely right. What what I've learned in the short time I've been with that with FCA is that athletes like hanging out with other athletes. <laughs> I mean that's just yeah. the that's just the truth. And if we can provide a place for them not only to hang out but also to pursue Christ mm -hmm. and to grow in their relationship with each other mm -hmm. and build these bonds that are going to last, as you said, for a very very long yeah. time, impacting their churches, their families. Then we want to we want to do that well. Mm -hmm. We want to provide the best opportunity <clears throat> we can. Um, to make that happen. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think that one of the things that it's fun, uh, this is going to sound judgmental, I, I wasn't a college athlete or anything, but I was always kind of like a, um, you know, athlete in high school or, you know, people knew who I was, kind of popular kid sort of, I guess you'd say. But for me, what, what I like about it and one of my missions in life 
is to show that not all Christians are Ned Flanders. I don't know if you know who Ned Flanders is. I know, but I think I'm about to find out. Okay, <laughs> okay so, so Ned Flanders is a character on The Simpsons. Oh, yeah. Uh, and so he's mm. just this big, nerdy, like soft, like pushover, blah, blah, blah. Like, like that is like the definition of Christian. And I feel like that whenever people have the skew view of what Christianity is, not that it necessarily takes – you know, the, the world to see us in a certain light, but however, it's how it's portrayed is unattractive. Right. Uh, and I feel like that if you really knew, like, you know, the guys that I knew who are Christians, you know, yeah. like if, if the world saw guys like Quake, who, you know, if, if, if the world really saw, you know, more Nick Foles, more Tim Tebow's, yeah, yeah, yeah. more, you, you know, people like that, that it would be completely different. Cause I don't feel like that there's a lot of Christian role models, Mm-hmm. You know, and, and and it's like in the world you see it all the time. Like, oh, you want to be an Instagram model? Be Kim Kardashian. <laughs> you know, and, and I mean yeah. that that's just how it is. So the the world does a very good job as far as communicating sin mm-hmm. uh, to you know the world, and then the world eats it up and then acts like the world. And to me, it's like, man, what we really need is this next generation of. I mean, everyone doesn't have to be strong or a huge athlete or something mm. like that, but somebody who is like strong will, willing yeah, to stand yeah. up, willing to fight for what, what they know is correct, and at the same time, really be able to push the gospel and live it correctly. Because uh, there's so many people who, uh, you know, they get fortune, they get fame, they get everything that the world tells you to do, and it's like that's where it stops for them. Mm-hmm. And then you see guys like, you know, Tim Tebow, uh, you, you see guys like, um, you know, like, like you're saying, Zach Ertz. You know, those type of guys who are like, you know what? I've reached the pinnacle. I just won the Super Bowl. Thank God. Mm-hmm. You know, God right. gave me this. The talent. Right. right. And, and, and it's like, for me, that is what's very important for people to see. Because I, I do believe that once we become role models and people are able to see us as, I mean, you don't know who Ned Flanders is, but, you know, <laughs> not, not Ned Flanders. Yeah. Yeah, I feel fun. like at least initially... Um, we'll have a better chance of people at least being curious because because yeah. all, all, all our responsibility is is just showing them, mm-hmm. right? It's God's responsibility to move in that moment. No doubt. Well, you make a really good point. And, and the one thing that the platform of FCA and athletics and, and, and Christian, Christian athletes has going for it is it is cool. It can be cool to be mm-hmm. a Christian and live in this world. Right. And, 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 and that is being lived out and played out right in front of our eyes. And, and it's really significantly important. We had a, we had a, um, we had a power camp of young kids this summer come into Cape Girardeau and see some of these and hang around some of these older athletes and, and just to demonstrate that mm-hmm. to this younger generation is trying to find an identity and a place in the world. And maybe even as, as young Christians or curious Christians trying to figure out, well, am I going to be an outcast? Am I going to be uncool? And, right. uh, and, and these athletes that have, have, that just stand for their faith have shown that, yeah, you can be a Christian. You can, you can live in your school. You can do what you do in your school and you can be very cool. Not that that's what it's about, but you don't have to be cast out and, and looked at, at like you're some sort of weirdo anymore. Uh, I think that's what sport gives us. Well, and, and I, yeah. I agree. And, and I really think that, that that's what's very important is that people see that it is possible. Mm, right. You know, because it, it's like if you look at anything, there was, a, there was a starting point. And then wherever it is is because of where it began, but then it's the process. Mm. And, and I feel like now, especially with, you know, sports, and, the, and so that's why I'm waiting for not just sports, not just musicians, but people, you know, like you as far as like outside of being an athlete, you are a, a business owner. Yeah. You know, saying, guess what? 
I, I live for Christ first. Right. Like, you know, the paycheck, the house, the whatever. Yeah, that, that's all cool and nice and everything. However, what I'm doing this for is Christ. So then people can say, hey, you know what? I want to be a business owner. So now I, and then I want to be a Christian business owner, yeah. you know, and so that's the reason why I feel like that it's so multifaceted. Uh, and so whenever I heard about you and I heard about your story and Quaker was like, you know, like I said, like half a second. I, I'm not even <laughs> sure I finished saying what I was saying. Like, hey, man, uh, I, th- I think we should have somebody on, you know, somebody that we feel like is. Mike Litz. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, literally. And, and, and so that, that was exactly what happened because I was explaining my heart behind Earthshakers. Um, and I kind of was telling you this is because I, I'm not going to say I have a reputation, but a lot of people see me as somebody who uh, is kind of negative at times, combative towards the church. Mm-hmm. Um, but not because I'm like, oh, I, you know, I hate the church. The church is stupid. I'm just like, man, if we really want to get things together, the church needs to get its act together. And so my, my girlfriend uh, was like, well, does the church do anything right? And I was like, well, yeah, people in the church, they're doing a lot of great things. She's like, well, why aren't you talking about them? Mm-hmm. So. Correction through relationship. <laughs> I, was, I, I, was, I was like, you know what? Um, you're right. You're 100% correct. The only way that I can really convey my true heart is by bringing on people like you to show that, you know what? There are certain things that I disagree with completely and think that we're doing it wrong. However, there are people like you yeah. that are out here that are grinding, that are doing the right thing and are inspirational. And so, again, I just find that to be you know awesome, which I think is a good um, segue for yeah, us yeah. to go ahead and show the what FCA is. FCA has made such an impact on my life this year. It's brought me closer to God. It's brought me closer to others who are going through the same trials and struggles and challenges that I'm feeling. FCA impacted me personally by just really starting off my week with just like the word of God and just being a better person daily. FCA has been a big part of my life uh, ever since high school. I was involved my freshman year. I can't explain like the impact it's had on me in such a short amount of time. Um, Just the joy I'm getting from just leading other people to Christ and having that ability to meet new people and just letting God work through my heart and work through the hearts of others. I came to college here um, as a women's basketball player, as a student, as an athlete, but at the same time, this campus is my mission field. I'm just so glad FCA came back when it did. I think this year has been my hardest year, emotionally, physically, anything with my sport, with my major school like that, and I think I kind of faded from God a little bit, and this just brought me back into it right away. It's important for our players to get involved in FCA because you get caught up you know, and winning, losing, having a good practice, um, how am I doing, what my coaches think about me. So having FCA, you know, having our girls go, um, you know, every week, every other week, talk about Jesus. Get to know God. He does not lie. He keeps his promises, and most definitely he takes care of his children. So definitely get to know God. He'll be your boy. I have a heart for youth because of the simple fact that this generation really needs Jesus like never before. Whenever they are allowed to speak from their heart and they care about each other, then you take what you're doing off the floor and you bring it on the floor. And we all know it's not always about talent, it's about chemistry. And when people care about each other, then great things can happen. And that can happen at FCA. All right. 
right. So that is wow. That's yeah, awesome. That is FCA. And honestly, I've watched that video probably like six times, something like that. Yeah. Maybe a little more. Just thinking, man, this is exactly it. Well, <laughs> the movers and shakers you talk about are these mm-hmm. are these athletes on campus. I mean, you heard their heart, you heard their passion, and and it's authentic. I mean, those were some of our high school leaders and collegiate leaders here on campus at Southeast, and and their stories are phenomenal. But they. But they are they are playing their sport with a complete understanding. They're playing for an audience of one, as yeah, Carson yeah. Wentz would say. And it's true. It's authentic. And it, I think it comes across in that video very well. Yeah, and I, and I would agree. Like I was saying, like I, I watched it and trying to edit the video. It's like, but this video is done. Like this video is done. Yeah. Like, like what, what, what do you mean? What do you do? What do you add? But uh, quick, I'm pretty sure you got some yeah, yeah, I got questions, some questions over there, you, bro. Man. You okay, ready? Let's go. Yeah. Start right, awesome. with this uh, Q and A session we got. Yeah, let's get a little Q and A going. It's the Black Panther. Or what? What is it? The Black Panther. What is what? The guy behind us. Okay. I don't know. It, it, the Black Panther. Yeah. Thank you. Man. Man. I, I, I was going to say what, whatever it is. Finish it because it can't be just black. And right. Black. Right. Not even black. Okay. We're good. We're good. Something after this. We're friends. We're friends. Yeah. 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 I mean. Trust me, we're we're tight. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So the first question that I have is, um, how did prison uh, ministry just affect your life? Oh my gosh, it changed everything. Um, I will tell you a quick story. The first night we went, there were six of us, and we went to a maximum security prison, mm-hmm. which we continue to go at sometime around two thousand eight or nine. So this has been going on for a while, and uh, I had been praying to God, and even in my journaling, my in 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 my journals because I was on kind of a fast trajectory right now mm. at that point with my faith and joined these men I didn't know. Mm. Went into prison the first night, pretty intimidated, as you can imagine, uh, in a maximum security prison. And the first person I ran to was a guy named David. And, uh, and mm. not knowing how to encounter anybody that was, in this case, I didn't know this, was serving a life sentence, wow. I asked him, I said, so how's it going? Which is a really dumb question for somebody. <laughs> oh for somebody that's, I mean, if you think about it, but yeah. I didn't know how to interact with him. Mm. And he said, I'm blessed. And, mm. and when he said that, wow. I didn't get it. I couldn't understand it because I'd never been in a prison. And, and I knew that there was a reason that I was on this team and in this prison. So the second week, I encountered him again. He's a very, uh, he's an easy guy to talk to. Well, uh, the second week, he said the same thing. I said, so how was your week? He goes, man, I'm just blessed. Well, by the third week, when he, when he repeated that, I said, hey, David, i got to ask you, mm-hmm. what do you mean you're blessed? I mean, I see where you're living. I've been here now three weeks. I hear the stories. I've heard so many stories. And he goes, listen, he goes, I would rather be in here with Jesus Christ than out there without him. Wow. Wow. And... And, I, and I'm like, I'm shaken. And he said, it's the first time in my life, in my entire life, I've been, without bond, been out of bondage. Huh. Now, what that did for me is it caused me that night as I, as I got back to my home, I was convicted because I didn't know that Jesus Christ that he was talking about. Wow. And it was authentic. So one thing it did for me immediately was, was, was cause me to pursue Christ in a different way. Because if there's a guy in, in Charleston, Missouri, that's serving a life sentence that is that much in love with Jesus, mm. then I need to know this Jesus that he's in love with. So immediately it caused me to search the scriptures more deeply, to pursue Christ uh, more diligently. 
And, uh, and I give David the credit. David now is my friend and my mentor. Wow. I mean, he is my spiritual mentor. I see him on Tuesday nights, almost every Tuesday night. So, so how many wow. people in your life yeah, do you awesome. see every week? And, and who would have known? I mean, only God could predict that would happen. So I started prison ministry really changed my life in a lot of different ways. That's one of them through the relationships. But also hearing the stories, it humbled me because I think sometimes we, because we don't know uh, circumstances behind the reason that people get locked up. When you hear their stories, and there, there's no place for judgment uh, in the kingdom, but when you hear their stories, and I listen to their stories, um, immediately I went, man, I would be here too. If I was faced with the same circumstances, and so uh, it's just been it's just it's just been enlightening to me. It's helped me um, it's helped me uh, look at faith differently and look at people differently. Wow. So it's really shaped me uh, significantly. And uh, and listen, we go down there as a team almost every week, and, and there's not a week that we went down to be a blessing to them, but the blessings have come back to us tenfold. So it's been, it's been awesome. What do you think the uh, number of Christians, uh, that if you ask them that same question, as far as would you rather be free wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. without Christ <laughs> or in prison with Christ, would genuinely answer and take that step as far as better off in prison mm-hmm. with Christ? Yeah, good question. I don't know. I mean, uh, we were just talking last week, uh, looking in the scriptures in the book of John, all the encounters that Jesus had with, with the blind man and with the woman at the well and with the woman caught in adultery and the person, the, the man that was at, by the pool for 38 years, an invalid, and the, and the woman that had the bleeding problem. And, and the truth is, the question is, would they, the one thing they had all in common, if you read the stories, is they all had a face-to-face encounter with Jesus Christ. Yeah. Now, the question is, if it were not for those trials in their life, would they have ever met Jesus? And, and, and the answer to that is probably not. The next question would be, and I wish we could ask them. I wish they were here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but the next question would be, I would ask them, would the trials and all, I mean, 38 years, he said, yeah. by a pool, wow. uh, would, would it be worth it? Would that be worth it to, to go through those trials with the end, a relationship with Jesus Christ, which is eternal? And I think the answer to that would be yes. And so that's kind of a long answer to your question. Well, I don't no, even know if there was a question there. No, but that, no, no, no that, that was actually great. And I, and I think a lot of times that as far as the process, you know, it, it, it's like would, would you have endured this process knowing that you would, you know, on, on the other side, you know, wind up where you are as far as where, where Christ is. It's kind of funny because I feel like sometimes people, whenever they're talking about, you know, like my past, for instance, you know, and they say stuff and I, I just kind of look at them like, yeah, but I know now to learn from other people's mistakes and, and don't make the mistakes. However, I will say that the ones that are burned in my brain the most are the ones that I made and paid for, mm-hmm. you know, because those are the ones that I know. Yeah, in theory, Maybe I can get out of your circumstance. You know, it's possible for me to be a little bit more slick or smart or, you know, pry. Like, man, I wouldn't get caught with that. But I'll tell you, the ones that I have been caught in, it's just like, oh, man. You know, some of them I'm just like, well, that's terrible. But the same token, I have a very firm understanding of God's grace. Mm -hmm. 
you know, whenever I'm talking to people, you know, four years ago, who I was and who I am now, it's like, I mean, I didn't do anything special, but God still found it inside of, you know, his plan to still allow me now to not suffer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like that if people really had that understanding, but then again, gosh, if you say, hey, you can spend life in prison, I don't think that there are very many people, even myself, I'd question, I would think. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be a physical prison, but it could be. But it could be any setback. Anything. Right? Would it? Would it be worth going through everything that you've been through, mm-hmm. knowing at the end of that you would have an encounter with Jesus Christ? It would change your life from that point forward and into eternity. Yeah. And and for me, when I encounter people like um, like David, and there's 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 multiple guys that I've run into in that situation and outside of the prison. Um, you know, they, they, um, I mean, it's just inspirational. And, and what it does for me is when I encounter young people that are trying to find their identity in the world and, and are in situations, as you know, I was on mission with LaCroix for five years. And when I run into people, what I see is hopelessness. And I'm like, no, there is hope mm-hmm. because I've seen it. I've seen what happens when it looks like, looks like all hope is gone. And I've seen what God can do in the most difficult situations, not only in the scriptures, but in real live human beings. So that when I'm ministering now to young athletes um, or, or coaches or anybody else I'm, I'm, I'm um, ministering to, and I see some despair and hopelessness, I'm like, no, there is hope. Yeah. There is hope. There's always hope. Yeah. And it's in a relationship with Jesus. Well, we have uh, a, a question from somebody who's actually watching, um, and this is a little bit you know, off schedule, but I, I feel like this is like still a good that. question. It. it says, what is your biggest hurdle when transitioning students with a left-leaning mindset into a biblically-based va- view? And how do you overcome the perceptions that students have of what a Christian is to who a follower of Christ is actually becoming? That's a long question, yeah, it's but like- it's still good. Uh, I think uh, I, I I'll try I'll take a shot at it. Okay, I'd rather it. I'd rather Quaku take it. <laughs> I, for me, for me, I mean, the biggest obstacle that I have seen in in youth ministry uh, uh, in in doing in doing mission work. Uh, in this community, and also now with Fellowship of Christian Athletes, is identity. Mm. And I think it starts there. I think at some point they have to understand who they are in the eyes of the one that created them. And when you can start building your foundation on on truth rather than lies, our, our world is being filled. These young people are being filled with lies. And what I have learned from young people is they're not okay with the things the, the things yeah. of the world. We've got a young generation of hungry. people that I'm excited about yeah, that hungry. are hungry. Yeah. They want to be fed. Mm-hmm. But it has to start with the biggest obstacle is to help them understand the things that the world, the, the, the comparison traps that they're in through social media and everything else are lies. And the truth is that that you are you're accepted, you're forgiven, you're 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 God's masterpiece, um, and 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 you're a child of God, and you're a child of the light. And so for us, it's like, okay, who are you? Who does the world say you are? And let me tell you what the truth is. Mm. And the truth is that you're perfect, and that you are mm. accepted. And I think once they start grasping that, it's really the launching point to to a relationship. And on the flip side as well, too, is that, um, and this is something that I talk to Jonathan about all the time, is um, being a believer as an African-American, 
you're kind of like an outcast because now it's like, oh, you're you're going to church now. You know, you're believing in this white Jesus is what, you know, is, is perceived to be as. And you're doing this. You think you're better than us. All of that good, you know, all of that stuff is, you know, it may not be said, but it's what is looked at. You know, so now it's kind of like, you're, you know, the black people are kind of like, all right, you could go over there and hang out with them. Type of thing, especially when you're like, oh, man, most of my friends are white. And it's not, you know, I didn't choose that. God is putting that in my life where it's just kind of like we kind of met, clicked, you know, Danny Reese, Justin Popes, you know, guys like that. Um, but one of the biggest hurdles for me is like what you said, you know, as far as identity, it's like trying to find out, like, who am I in Christ? Right. And stop listening to those lies where it's just like, oh, you know, you following this Jesus with blonde hair and blue eyes and all of this stuff. And, um, you know, that's the white man's, uh, you know, religion and all of that stuff. And it's, it's just, I just go back to the book and it just explains like that's not true at all. Right. So that's something that I really struggle with because, you know, being born and raised in Africa and then coming to America, it was just kind of like this pro black thing. And you don't want to let your people down. Mm. But then when you start believing in Jesus and you start talking about Christ, it's kind of like, oh, man, you're not, you're not with us. You know, you're you hanging out with them type of deal. And you get kind of like outcasted a little bit. And I don't know if there's a lot of people that, you know, have felt this type of way, but I've definitely um, seen it. And not just more so like they said it, but I've seen it as just kind of like, oh, you know, you're too good, you know, to hang out with your people or you believe in this religion. And, you know, that's, you know, they enslaved us, all of these things. And that's something that just definitely um, is a hurdle now in my life for sure. sure. Um, because, you know, at the end of the day, I think about like, I love my people. I came from Africa. It's like, um, but I also love Christ because he loved me and he sacrificed his life for me. And I don't know who has done that. <laughs> you know, who, nobody's died on the cross. I don't right. care what color skin you are. All right. And, and then your, your people begins to expand, right? Yeah. Because exactly. all of a sudden your, your people is, well, the Bible calls us to be, you know, sh uh, fishers of men, right? So that's right. everyone. Exactly. That's, and that's something that we have to come in and in, in grip with. It's yeah. just like get out of your, you know, because sometimes you have to be, you know, um, excluded from your people at first in order to become in God's kingdom. Yeah. And that's something that you have to struggle with. Like, damn, why is, why is my mom, you know, or, or my dad or my brothers and sisters and all this stuff? And it's just like, okay, I've brought you into this new family, into this body of Christ. And at first it sucks, but then you start meeting really cool people like, you know, Mike, you know, and Jonathan. And like, you know, it's just... Then you just start to understand that this is where God is ascending me. And hopefully they see that and I can be that catapult, that catalyst and um, and start leading and they'll start following. But well, somebody has to do it. And, well, and I also think that white people don't have that perception because we don't have that pressure. Right. Right, right. Like right. It, it, it's just it's just non-existent. So a lot of times, like people being you know ignorant to that sort mm. of thing, which is one of the reasons why I try to surround myself with people who are well, I don't, I probably wouldn't get along with a bunch of people like me. But uh, <laughs> on, the, on the other hand, like you know, I I try not to just surround myself with everyone who's like me because mm. how in the world can I reach the African American community? How mm. in the world can can I reach you know young people, old people? If all I do is just hang out in this small little box, right. it's like, well, who can you reach? Uh, I can reach thirty. 33-year-old white men. Right. Awesome. How old are you? 30? Nope. Sorry. <laughs> Anybody else? Any 33-year-olds? Right. Uh, you know? And so I, I feel like that that's very important and why that, you know, this podcast, webcast, whatever you want to call it, is so important is so that people see that, especially, you know, white people, like, like because people might, might be your friend yeah. who, who are white. 
who don't understand what it is to go through those type of things. They're like, oh, well, well you're a Christian, so being black doesn't matter. <laughs> you know, mm, and, and it's right. like, it's like, no, that's mm. because to me, being white doesn't matter. Mm. But I don't have the same cultural influences that right. you guys do. Like, I don't feel like that there's only three, that there's only three white people, so we have to stick together. Mm. You know, there, there's, there's hundreds of, like, anywhere I go, I see white people. Mm. You know, so so as far as that standpoint, I, I feel like that that's something that really gets lost in translation. Yeah, and so that's absolutely. why whenever I see, you know, a African-American Christian, um, you know, a l- actual legitimate African-American. I'm not saying African-American so that you're not offended by being called black, but you're actually African. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> if you couldn't tell by the name. I had to put that out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Full disclosure. For, right. So, but whenever I see that type of thing, I'm like, man, this is what, this is the realness. This is the raw. Mm-hmm. This is what people really need to see if we want to get together. I mean, and I, I'm sure you see that as. Well, I was just going to comment on both of those. And that is like, I just went to a conference in Atlanta and there were 120 FCA reps there, and and I can tell you that that was the church, uh, all different races, um, different ages, complete diversity in a room, and that's the one thing that that I have found with sports is if you look at sport, then there is that yeah. there is that connection, mm-hmm. and 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 although. Christ, Christ unites us. Sport also unites yeah, us. You you're know right, that. Yeah. You were an athlete. <laughs> and so I never saw color on my sports team. The guy that I roomed with at the University of Missouri was a guy named Eric Wright, who happens to have four Super Bowl rings. Eric Wright came from East St. Louis, Illinois. He had never roomed with a white guy. I came from Jackson, Missouri. I'd never seen a black guy. (laughs) (laughs) And so, and I wasn't really a believer at that time, but the fact that the two of us were rooming together for a year was pretty incredible. Mm. But there was never, for me, there was never color. And and I think that we see um, that sport, Sport is a vehicle in which the church looks like the church should look and behaves the way the church should behave. And it's the other, it's just another reason that I know that I'm in the place and the space that I'm supposed to be at this point in my life. Yeah, Yeah, because talent speaks, right? It's like talent speaks on on the field and, you know, in in our daily lives, you know, you, you can say that you're a Christian all you want, but. You know, your your actions and your heart behind it is really what proves it. So say, right. I mean, it's kind of like whenever you see people say, oh, I, I've been at, like me. If I were to say, yeah, for like the last year and a half, I've been in the gym every day. Bro, you're out of shape. No, you haven't. Right. <laughs> you can see it. Yeah. You, can see you know, it. Like, like, hey, you, and, and I feel like that people try to kind of get, uh, that's also the reason why that sport is so, um, uh, has such a draw, I would say, because it's honest. Mm. And, you know, because it's like. You know how I know that you've been working out and how you've been working on your speed and how, how I know that, that you've been working out uh, as far as your shot is because the shots go in, you're fast, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you actually know the plays. Like, Coach, I, I've been, you know, looking at the playbook, you know, for two years. Bro, you don't even know the first play. No, you mm-hmm. haven't. Right. You know, and, and it, it's, it's an equalizer. <laughs> yeah. So um, as far as I can see your passion, and we can all see your passion, um, but I know this was kind of difficult when you um, did this, but what uh, made you just – Say, all right, I'm going to leave my job, and I'm going to listen to God, and let's do this FCA thing. Yeah, that's a really good question. Uh, I never got clarity. Mm. Um, I thought I would, and 
the truth is I've been a people pleaser my whole life. So um, Galatians 1.10 is, is significant to me. It's, it, Paul said, if I'm still trying to please people, I can't be a servant of Christ. I have to be reminded of that daily because mm. I am a people pleaser. So my natural right. instinct is when the FCA gig came up, they said, well, you did sports and you love Jesus and we've seen the things that you've done. You're our guy. Mm. That's and how we I got him to, tonight. And, yeah. I, had to, <laughs> and I, had, I had to be careful because because up, up to that point in my life, mm. uh, I would I would I would um, be influenced very greatly mm. by what other people would say. So instead of saying yes, I said no. I want to spend the time. I want to make sure that I'm standing in the step with the Spirit. I want to make sure this is of the Lord. And I think, and he will reveal that to me in time. The truth is he never did. Mm-hmm. And so what I found was that, that it's kind of, it's kind of a, an interesting conversation that, that someone once had with Mother Teresa and asked for clarity. And she goes, I will, I've never had clarity. What I'll give you is what I'll pray for you is trust. Wow. And so what I found yeah. is that wherever I step as a child of God, that God will be there. And so ultimately that was enough for me to take the step of faith into the world of FCA uh, without without 100% clarity from the Lord, but knowing that whatever step I made, that he would be there and that I could honor him which yeah. is, which is, and glorify him with, with uh, uh, serving him the very best I could. So, yeah, it was a leap. The, the hardest leap for me and the thing that kept me, yeah. this, this position came available uh, a few years before it happened, and, and, it, and, and I jumped off. Mm-hmm. And the reason I jumped off is because I was called a part of the FCA ministry is we have to raise our own support. Right. That's, That's new territory for <laughs> me. So I went from having a salary to no salary. Yeah. Man. And so uh, that was when, it, when the position came available to a couple years earlier, I just don't think I had the faith to step in. And, and then two years ago when it was presented to me again, I'm like, that was maybe just God saying, are you going to trust me or are you not going to wow. trust me? Yeah. And I felt like that was, a, that was a significant call on my life and also a, cons- a significant call by, on my faith. Hmm. And so I am, I'm blessed uh, I, I, uh, that I took that leap of faith. Uh, it wasn't easy and it wasn't real clear for me. But I know now when I look back at everything that happened from prison ministry to mission mm-hmm. work to sport and everything else, that the dots are all now being yeah, connected. Yeah. This is where I'm supposed to be at this time in my life. And I'm embracing that because I know it's of the Lord. Yeah. And it's crazy how God works because we, at first we don't see it. Right. But then if we keep, continue to keep striving and keep taking those steps, <clears throat> then those, uh, those dots do start connecting. And we're like, oh, yeah, that's why you're God. Right. <laughs> he he's mowed everything, right? He's good. He's good at he's it. He's good. Yeah. Um, so that goes into the next question because um, with you taking that leap of faith and transitioning from your your job security to something that you have to start raising support for now, with you doing FCA now and seeing what God is doing through it, what transformations have you made? Have you seen through uh, just FCA and some of the students that have given their life to Christ and just the transfer? that you've personally seen? Oh, gosh. <clears throat> there have been several. The one I would give, the, the first one that comes to mind is a, is a I, I was, I've been chaplain on the football team for the last two seasons. So the first year I was there, it was just really building relationships mm. uh, to where at some point I could build some 
some relational equity and then some trust equity. And, and last year we had a we had a guy on our team. His name's Amardrick, and uh, he would not he would be okay with me telling his story. But uh, Amardrick, who was in a dark place, he was he was on campus. He was a he was a great athlete uh, in high school out of Louisville, Kentucky. And um, and he came to the place that he, he he wasn't even sure he was supposed to come here because of some circumstances back at his home. He didn't know if he should stay home and support his family or to come to Southeast and, and play football. Now, when he got here, he didn't really perform very well because he was carrying some some wounds hmm. that went back from an early childhood. And so one night, Amardrick tells the story that one night he was in his room and he laid face down on the on the floor of his room and it was a perfectly still night the window was open and he prayed god if you're real i need to know it tonight and uh and he 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 tells the story about this gush of wind that comes into his room and he knew that it was something crazy was about to happen in his life his friend his best friend at the time invited him to an fca meeting this was just over a year ago hmm. And he started coming to FCA. He heard the call. He knew something was going on. He continued to pursue. He started going to church. And this summer, I got the privilege of baptizing a Marjorie wow. in the lake. And I saw a life change happen right in front of my eyes, mainly because I had the opportunity through FCA to show up and experience this. And and really, I don't even think that's the coolest part of the story is that that a few weeks, maybe months later, I was at practice, and one of our players said, hey, coach, are we have an FCA. They call me coach. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> are we having FCA tonight? And I said, well, yeah, we are. I said, are you coming? And he said, well, I would never miss FCA. And I said to him, I said, well, why would you say that? And he pointed to a Marduk who was standing next to him. He said, because of him. Wow. And I said, well, what about him? He goes, well, he said, I've seen what's happened in his life. And he goes, I don't know what it is. But whatever he has, I want. Man. And so what we start seeing was a movement on the football team. And I have other examples of that. But that's the one that just, when you ask the question, that's the one that just popped in the top of my head. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I mean, that that's incredible. And honestly, those type of stories is is what the, I mean, that is a um, actual physical, like visual of what you know is supposed to happen, like as far as whenever Christ gets you know a hold of our lives, like again, like we can sit around and talk about it, mm-hmm. but he didn't say, "Oh well, because of the way he talks, is what brought me to FCA." You know, it was okay. Right. It, it was his, his life, like, like what has yeah. changed, like like the actions, the heart, the all of this. Not oh well, he, he's a good speaker and talker, and and I feel like as Christians, um, you know, we feel like that in order to witness. You have to be, you know, a very skilled talker or, or you have to be like real smooth, almost like a salesman about it to get people to go to church. Mm. And what he's a great example in is that, no, you just what transformation is, has happened inside of your life. Go and live that out. And then as you're living it out, watch other people become attracted to that because it's like how in the world can and I, I, I actually know how this feels as far as like having new friends say, I can't believe that was you. And old friends saying, I can't believe that you are who you are now. Right, right. You know, and so whenever we see that, especially given the opportunity like an FCA, someone who actually has an influence and influential power, it's like that's the effect that he has on someone that sees him on the same like playing field equal, right? Imagine what somebody who's like, man, I really wish I was an athlete, mm-hmm. you know, sees. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it's like, man, if that dude needs Jesus— 
I definitely need Jesus. And so that's the reason why that, that I think that FCA is so awesome because it's like, uh, you know, this guy out here, or, you know, you see Carson wins or someone like that. They win a Super Bowl and it's like, man, this dude can go out and party and celebrate. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to go chill with my family and like praise God yeah. about it. You know, and so to <laughs> me, that's what's really incredible. Yeah. So and I'm really happy that you said that you have to build relationships first because yes. a lot of people neglect that aspect. They're like, oh, yeah, I'm this pastor, this preacher, let's, let's go and try to save some people. It's like, first of all, and this is a quote that we talk about all the time, is that people don't care about what you know until they know that you care. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? You have to go and build relationships. Like Christ had 12 guys that he was constantly working with for three-plus years, you know, and he, he did that, and now 2,000 years later, you know, here we are. So instead of us trying to, like, go save the world, let's try to work on building relationships with people in that where it's genuine, where we can, you know, change people's lives, and then they can see the real Genuine yeah. Michael Litz, Jonathan yeah. Cunningham, you know, Quake Warkerful. So I'm really happy that you shared that. That's awesome. Um, oh, yeah, it's my pleasure. I mean, what a blessing for me to see that firsthand. And I would just yeah. tell you the final chapter. The chapter, the story's still being written. Right, right. Mardrick now is on our FCA leadership team. Wow. So a year ago, he's he doesn't even know, really doesn't know Jesus. And now he's not only one of the leaders, he's on leadership council on the football team. Uh, he's a guy on the football team people look up to for obvious reasons, but he's also on our FCA leadership team. And and he's also serving now down at Prodigy. So, so wow. he's moving very quickly. That's a good um, yeah. and, and, and to God be the glory, I mean, he would tell you if he was sitting here, it's nothing he's done. It's something that was done for him. Mm. Yeah. Awesome. It's amazing. Yeah. So, and this is the last question that I have. You're doing, you're doing an amazing job, man. It's like, <laughs> it's like somebody approached well, you for I this. I do this a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, this is all I do. So yeah. with that being said, what, what's the future look like for FCA and uh, Michael Litz in general? Just... Oh, gosh, uh, Quaker, it's a good question. Uh, I have been called to steward 16 counties. Uh, when wow. I did the math on that, there's uh, roughly, uh, well, just to, let me back up. Just in southeast Missouri, there's eight, eight counties, and the math on that is 7,000 student athletes and, and 650 to 700 coaches. So it's very obvious. Um, wow. um, what, what we what, what FCA what FCA try I mean I mean our mission is to point people to Jesus, mm. and for me to be able to do that effectively, we have to build um, the future is to build a a support team a volunteer team to multiply the ministry. I'm so excited. You you probably know Nick Grassy. Oh, shout Grassy. out to Nick. Yeah. Man. Shout out to Nick. Nick is coming awesome on staff guy. with us. He's yeah. going to be the campus director at Southeast. So we're going to be able to go deeper, wider, more, uh, have greater opportunity, greater impact. I mean, on SEMO campus alone, there's nearly 50 coaches and mm. and um, and 450 athletes. That's a pretty good sized church for yeah. one person. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and so so I think the 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 future. For FCA is that we continue to. Um, I love Henry Blackaby's quote when he said, "In experiencing God, find out where God is moving and meet Him there." And God is on the move. Quarter today, <laughs> <laughs> take it over. You got it. <laughs> He's moving in many, many places, and we see that. So for me, it's just honoring Him, um, meeting meeting Him where He is, and then um, and then building a team mm. that can multiply. And so the influence um, reaches and the redemptive potential that God has in store for FCA in Southeast Missouri is met. Uh, we're building a ministry, and I tell my board this. It's not about me. It's not about us. The um, um, 
we're, we're carrying the flag not of FCA, but of Jesus Christ. And, um, and that is our brand. That is who we are. We're, we're representatives of Jesus Christ. And so we want to, our, our goal is to impact as many young people's lives as we possibly can through this ministry, understanding that, that all that we have and all the, uh, the power that we have is given to us by the Holy Spirit and, of course, relationship with Christ. And so the future, I, I have no idea what the future, I had no idea a year ago we would be doing what we're doing now. So, um, so I'm super excited. Man, for our first that, Hey, whenever shaker, this dude speaks, it's, it's, it's like, oh, only? And then it, yeah. it, it, it's, it's like this big groundbreaking, you know, or feels like it's like, yeah, we're uh, just about to start, um, yeah. you know, blowing up the a whole, whole city. <laughs> I mean, I mean yeah, I mean, I really believe that's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, I know yeah, you yeah. can tell. I just and do that's what we, we talked happen. about on the phone. Right. Like when I was asking, it's like, hey, Keith, man, I really feel like God is moving for you to come do this podcast or yeah. webcast, whatever Thank it is. Thank you so much. Yeah. It was just like. God is doing something amazing in Cape Girardeau, Missouri. And I really feel like this is going to be one of the pillars where it's just going to be like, man, who are these guys? Where people are going to be really, really attracted to what we're doing here, you know, with what's going on on campus, um, to the podcast, webcast, whatever it is, to the middle schools and junior high. Like right. you said, this right. man, that generation, they're hungry. And it's happening yes. outside. Have you noticed the push as far as the outside the walls yeah. of the church? Yeah, you're right. And that's that's the new. I believe that's the epidemic. Is just like we have to go outside of that and start reaching yeah. people, and that's what you're doing. So I definitely want to thank you so much for just you oh, know the sacrifice. Yeah. Um, I do have one question for you uh-oh. that that is not on the Bonus. It, no no it is not going to be one of those Bonus where I try question. to like get someone <laughs> stuck or something like that. I do that on Facebook enough. Uh, <laughs> do you have a? And if the answer is no, that's cool. But do you have a a like life verse? Or something that is kind of like your mission statement, not as FCA, but as Mike Litz. Mm. Well, wow. I told you one, and that was that was Galatians one ten. I battle, um, um, I battle being a, ple- a people pleaser. So for me, I have to always keep that first and foremost, and that is that if I'm still trying to please people, Paul says. I can't be a servant for Christ. One, um, that's one of them. I just totally embrace Psalm 23. Psalm 23, I think, is a, it's just a, it's just a beautiful example of the gospel message in the book of Psalms. So, um, I have multiple life verses. They change because I'm changing so quickly. Yeah. So, yeah. so I have others, but, but the, those would be the ones I would. Uh, that that would be my answer. Awesome, yeah, because like the, those are the things that really myself personally that I'm always looking for, because I know that we should model Christ as far as how our, our behavior and how we treat people, but I also believe that we should model the people who are being successful in reaching people as well as far as how they're going about it. So it's like, hey, you know what? If that verse works for you, it'll probably work for me too. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and then it's especially or maybe somebody needs that right now. Yeah. Well, one way we pre- I presented to the football team last year, and, it, and I really believe it's just as much on my heart as it is theirs, um, was, was in um, <clears throat> Philippians 3, uh, starting with we, – we really, we really put it we, – um, we presented 314, which, me, which is just press on. But the real the, – the meat of that scripture starts in 13. Philippians 13 and 14 says, um, so, so there's one thing I do. 
And so when Paul says, there's one thing I do, I want to hear what's next. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just want to hear Man. what's next. And so he says, there's one thing I do. I forget what is behind, and I strive for what's ahead. Mm. I press on toward the goal to win the prize of the upward call of Jesus Christ. Now, for me, that speaks volumes, because when he talks about I forget what is behind, we not only have to forget what is behind us that's holding us back, but we also have to forget about sometimes Sometimes what holds us back is some successes that we have that we still want to live Ooh, into. And Paul nice. is saying, no, I'm forgetting what is behind, yeah. and, and I'm striving for what's ahead. And so when I think of where I am in my personal life and where this ministry is, we're striving for what's ahead. Um, of, we're pressing on yeah. toward the goal to win the prize, ultimately, of the upward calling of Christ Jesus. So that's another one. Man, that was this guy's. Hey, the, and so this is the reason Fire. why that. In case you were wondering why we brought this guy on, because this is definitely just something that I firmly believe is earth shaking, that he is an earth shaker. And so we we really appreciate um, you taking the time. Just I mean, just to come and sit. I mean, because you don't know me. Well, I do now. Well, right. <laughs> <laughs> right, 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 yeah. right. But, you know, we, 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 we genuinely appreciate that. Yeah. And we believe 100% in what you're doing well, and your ministry. You. Thank you. Uh, and so that, that is another thing that we will never have somebody on who has a, who just has a voice or, or just has influence or something like that, who we really want to bring on this program are people that we believe that are doing it the correct way, doing it the right way and are going to influence not just here in Cape Girardeau, but influence the nations as far as yeah. for Jesus Christ. So we just really appreciate you taking the time just to be with us. Yeah. And I, I know we usually go with system and structure and we have all the stuff that we have, but I think you covered the quarter today. You hey, covered the hey, scripture today. Oh, wow. Hey, you know, Praise he, he, God. He, hey, no, hey. Here's the thing. He had a better quote and a better scripture. Man, so, <laughs> I'm, I'm done. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, speechless. So from yeah, now on, well. this is thank going you, to be the, the Mike Litz and Kweku Arkafolk show, and I'm just going to see my way out, and nah, that'll be it. Nah, nah, I'll come up here. and set up, set up the lights, and there you go. Nah, we good. We good. What an honor, privilege. Thanks, guys, for having me. Is it a way for people to reach you um, if they want to? I guess we could do it in the uh, comments. We, we have the but, social media uh, mm -hmm. sites up there as far as FCA is concerned. My email address is mlitz at fca.org. Mm -hmm. And um, can repeat that in case someone missed it. It's yeah. mlitz at fca.org. And yeah, I would love to hear from anyone. Yeah. Um, sure, reach out to me. Um, we're just we're just looking to make the biggest impact we can. I know there's probably people out there listening right now that can help us move this mission forward. I'd love to hear from you. Awesome. Why are you laughing?